This is Time Out with You Stadium. This podcast is for you, sports super fans, for you, sports debaters, and yes, you, the sports opinionators or hot takers. We take your calls live on air and answer questions directly from the You Stadium app. Get it at youstadium.com. Join in on the conversation with Brianna, Nick, and Frankie. Time out with You Stadium starts now. What's up, everybody? We are back for another episode of Time Out with You Stadium. As you heard in our amazing intro, I am Brianna here with Nick and Frankie, um, and this is this is the show. So, as always, uh, make sure you're liking our streams, subscribing, everything, following us on Twitter, Instagram, downloading the U Stadium app, all everything under the sun when it comes to social media. Wherever you can find us, make sure that you are following us. So, fellas. Let's hop right in. We had some. Uh, Wait, Bree, you went. To, you just got back from Miami. You have to tell us something. About I just Miami. got back from Miami. Okay, so I just got back from Miami. Um, I went this past weekend. It was amazing. The weather was beautiful. Um, drank how, how a lot. Was the par- how was the party scene? That's that's what I want to know. You know, it was it was fun. The whole thing was really fun. Um, I didn't see any celebrities though, which I was oh. a little surprised about, <laughs> considering like the places we went. Um, Nick, are you surprised you haven't seen a celebrity in West Harrison, New York? <laughs> <laughs> I have actually. I see um, Joe Girardi recently. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. You're no, in South Beach. Fun. You should have went to Brickell. You should have went to Brickell. We were speaking. I know, that, but the weather the before. weather was too nice to not be by a pool or on the beach or anything. So I'll just have to go back. That's all. Yeah, but. All right, enough about my vacation. Let's get into it. So we had some exciting NFL news today, despite the fact that it's kind of like the dead time in the league. Um, Next year, next season, the 2022 season, the alternate helmets are coming back, which means means we are going to get the rollbacks. We're going to get the Pats Reds with Pat Patriot. We're going to get the Bucks Creamsicles. We're going to get those awesome Kelly Green Eagles jerseys. I'm so excited. there's so many, mm-hmm. so many throughout the league that are just like top notch that it sucks we haven't been able to see them for the last feels like forever. Um, so with that being said, we are gonna run a throwback jersey contest, and hey. it's gonna kind of tie into our first segment. So what Nick and Frankie are gonna do is they are gonna give me and all of you the top two underrated and overrated players in NFL history. So I'm talking about past players, not current, because we're doing throwbacks. Um, so top two overrated, top two underrated. And then what you guys are going to do is give me in the comments, um, your best argument for either an underrated or overrated player. I'm going to pick the best one, whoever it is wins the Jersey and it'll be announced at some point throughout the show. So you got to make sure you stay on. If you are not on, if you are not subscribed on YouTube, you do not get to claim the prize. Um, and I think that's, everything when it comes to the rules so you guys let's go top two underrated first so frankie you want to start underrated yeah um i'm gonna do it a little bit differently though um you know i don't follow rules usually so i'm gonna i'm gonna do this a little different yeah but i'm gonna give um i'm gonna give you somebody um in the past pass and then in the current pass um so to start my most current past underrated player of all time. Um, And this guy to me is 
literally one of the best players I've ever seen step on a, on a football field from a defensive standpoint. Um, he changed the game um, in terms of how safeties, I think, are playing the game now. Um, I've never seen someone over a two-year stretch impress me more at the safety position than this guy. And who I'm talking about is Bob Sanders. Bob Sanders is, in my opinion, over a two- to three-year period, the most impressive safety I've ever seen play football, number one. That's that's above Ed Reed. That's above, you know, above Brian Dawkins, above Ronnie Lott. I mean, for me, Troy Palomalu during a two to three year stretch helped the Colts win a Super Bowl, helped Peyton out on defense when Peyton was losing to Brady in those cold weather games. Um, Bob Sanders flew all over the place. He was so good that his body couldn't keep up. He couldn't even play for as long as he should have played due to injury, had neck issues, um, and uh, and that guy just impressed the hell out of me. I don't even need to look at his numbers, honestly. I just remember just Bob Sanders all day, all night, watching Colts games. He was one of the main reasons uh, I used to like watching those Colts teams. I remember Nick, when we used to watch them, uh, it used to be boring watching Peyton Manning and them sometimes. They were just so methodical. It was like watching a surgeon at work. Um, so, uh, so, uh, it was just boring and, and Bob Sanders just lit it up. I just love watching him play now underrated. I'll go underrated Nick and then I'll throw it and then I'll throw you a guess at two underrated, uh, you have, but, um, I'm going with my JTS baby. This guy, they don't talk enough about my man wide receiver one in the AFC East. Historically, you got that splash wide receiver one in AFC East history. And I'm not counting Randy Moss, um, is Don Maynard. Don Maynard <laughs> is the GOAT white wide receiver. That's the GOAT. There's nobody else better as a white wide receiver than Don Maynard. Go look at the numbers. Led the league in receiving. Led the league in yards per reception. Led the league in touchdowns one year. Led the league in yards per game. Helped. Helped our man Namath. As much as Namath needed that help because I was pulling all-nighters showing up to the stadium. <laughs> he had he had Don Maynard to throw the ball to. So Don Maynard, this guy had over 11,000 yards for his career, almost 12,000 yards, had 88 touchdowns. It would take Julio, like we were talking about last week, about eight <laughs> careers to have that many touchdowns. So um, it's uh, Don Maynard is, is a boss. Uh, he, people need to speak about it more. And Jeff fans don't even talk about him that much. Like, you know, we have such a crazy fan base. I don't hear people talking about Don Maynard. Granted, this is the 1960s, but, you know, I originally drafted um, – uh, he, was, he was originally drafted by the Giants, believe Giants. it or not. That then turned into the New York Titans, and those jerseys are dope. We're talking about throwbacks. I used to love those Titans jerseys. Um, but um, New York Titans. So, uh, yeah, Don Maynard's my, uh, my second underrated player all time. Okay. So we'll stick with underrated. So, for, uh, Nick, get your underrated out of the way, and then – all right, I'm going to go on offense first, and it's a guy that me and Splash always talk about, uh, Fred Taylor. More not very not recent, but also not old school. Um, kind of like the late '90s, early 2000s. I mean, just going through, uh, only been 24 guys who rushed for 10,000 yards. Taylor is 4.6 yards per carry, is fifth best of those guys, which is pretty crazy because you you know because he was stuck on in Jacksonville, obviously not playing for the Cowboys like an Emmett Smith, uh, Walter Payton when he obviously primed in Chicago way before any of our times. But 
Um, you know, big, big play runner, fifth in the NFL history in runs of for 10 yards plus with 311 of them and fourth all time with runs of 50 yard plus 13 of them. So Fred Taylor, in my opinion, probably because he was stuck in Jacksonville. And then obviously, you know, later in at the end of his career, um, only one pro bowl and was never an all pro. And he was one of a very select few running backs to ever rush for, for 10,000 yards. I mean, you have guys like Peterson, LT, Sean Alexander, obviously never played in the Super Bowl, but um, those stats alone, 11,695 yards, pretty insane. Um, I know the 2000, yeah, 2003 season, he had almost 1,600 yards, six touchdowns, um, playing on such a bad team, or, you know, they had some solid years, and, you know, but, you know, with Tom Coughlin and another very underappreciated guy, Jimmy Smith, on those Jacksonville teams with Mark Brunell. Those were three solid players for those teams. So I think Fred Taylor was never really kind of spoke spoken about with like the Marshall Fox at the time when they were in their prime. So um, I always thought he was somebody I, I never liked to see, you know, when the Jets played the Jaguars or, um, you know, even late, late days, early days of fantasy, Frank, Fred Taylor was one of like your kind of like a Corey Dillon, similar kind of runners were very underappreciated. Um, and then yeah. second, um, on the, my second underappreciated, and this on the defensive side of the ball, is a guy who gets really no love, and he has one of the most like eye-popping like statistics or um, records, I guess you can say, is London Fletcher. I mean, I think because he's small, never flashed really. I love – I always saw no, London Fletcher. He's not a Hall he of Fame good. guy, but like he played this area, 256 career season uh, – regular season games, never missed a start due to injury at the linebacker position when linebackers were playing at the linebacker position, won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Uh, another guy who only had one pro bowl, which is crazy. Uh, played with uh, the bills. The Wait, Rams, he won, he had one pro bowl or one, one pro all bowl. pro? No, one pro. Uh, I have here uh, started the Rams in their Super Bowl season at the beginning of a season and they're in pro bowl for Washington. No, for three, for 2009, 2012. But before that, before his Washington days, when he was really good with the Rams, you don't yeah, think of him yeah. because you think of that offense. He ne- he didn't make a single Pro Bowl or All Pro during that that time frame, but he was a, a favorite of Greg Williams, the crazy defensive coordinator with the Bills. Followed him uh, with the Rams, obviously followed him to the Bills, um, and then Washington led the NFL in tackles in 2011. To me, I always thought of him with like Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher in that era. He was always the number three guy during that time frame, and he was someone who just. Showed up. He was undersized, but he was just all over the field making tackles, interceptions. I always thought he didn't get the love he deserved. So Fletcher, in my opinion, could have made the Hall of Fame, but I don't think he will. Interesting. Okay. He, so he, for, he could, Nick. He could. For everybody that just joined us, if we had any stragglers, um, we are running a throwback jersey contest. If you missed the rules before, I'm just going to repeat them real quick. Um, in the comments, write who you think is either your most underrated or overrated player in NFL history because this is a throwback contest. We're doing old school players, or I guess we should say retired players, past players. It doesn't necessarily have to be old school. Um, Best argument wins. I pick. So uh, no Patriots players for overrated, please, because you will lose automatically. Um, With that being said, let's go uh, overrated. So Frankie overrated, most overrated players ever. Who are they? Okay, I'm going to do it like I did before, super old school, and then current past. Okay. Which one, actually, Bree, which one do you want me to do? Or, or, or Nick, whoever says it first. Super old. Yeah. Super old. This guy pisses me off so much. This guy sucks. Yeah. 
This guy should shut his mouth. He's the luckiest player in NFL history. He talks about everybody, and he sucks, and he's not a good announcer, and he's not a good analyst. You are – this guy's trash. It's Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw, you suck ass. You're not a good quarterback. You were the luckiest quarterback ever. You played with Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth. You played with the Steel Curtain defense. You have almost as many touchdowns as interceptions. You have a 51% completion. How many times – how many times has he thrown over 3,000 yards, this guy? Twice. He stinks. And he talks so much smack to Terry Bradshaw like he has the right to talk uh, badly about other quarterbacks. You were the luckiest quarterback. In a, he's like Eli Manning on the most like, like legacy steroids possible, like Barry Bonds-ish steroids like legacy-wise in terms of what that team did for Terry Bradshaw. He is garbage. As a quarterback, he sucked. There's There was 20 quarterbacks in that day that could have played for that team and would have won. He has no historic plays. Uh, Franco Harris bails him out. Lynn Swan bailed him out. The Steel Curtain defense. So Terry Bradshaw, very overrated in my book, obviously. Okay. Now, current past, There's a, this, is a, this is another guy that, like Terry Bradshaw, I can't remember one play that uh, stands out to me as being like, wow, great job, great win, great moment. And not to be a hater, but it's Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers has all the numbers in the world. He just never really put it together to have that one baller winning season. He had a lot of help when it comes to tight ends he's had. LaDainian Tomlinson, who I almost put as my underrated player, um, in his in current history, because I think LaDainian Tomlinson, there's an argument to be made for him being the best running back of all time in terms of what he did catching and and on the ground. Um, so Philip Rivers, you have all the stats in the world, but you were a chucker. And at the end of the day, when it came down to make a play, you didn't, you didn't make those plays. I mean, if you put Jameis Winston, who I don't like, but if you put a guy like Jameis Winston on a team for 10 years, 15 years, and just let him start every game for that, for that span of time, and you gave him some weapons like Phillip Rivers had and a team, because they had nice pieces on, on defense as well, you're going to get Phillip Rivers numbers almost, or you're going to get a Phillip Rivers-like career. So I, I don't know. I mean, Phillip Rivers, to me, he uh, people talk about him in, 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 in their Hall of Fame conversations with Eli and Ben, and I think Eli and Ben are clearly on just another level, in my opinion. Okay, I don't hear right. either of those, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I agree completely with Phillip Rivers. I think he's one of the most overrated stat padding, small moment, big game players. Like, he just never did it for me. Um, for me, I'm going to go with a guy who's who considered a Frank similar to yours with Bradshaw, but this guy is definitely going to rub some people the wrong way. Not only did I think he was an overrated quarterback, um, even though he has two Super Bowls and he's won a lot, but he's also the worst or one of the worst GMs, presidents, decision makers in, in current NFL history, too. And that's John Elway. I think he is super overrated. Oh, wow. If he played in an era like he did, if he played in an era like today, where if you don't put up in year one, two, and ultimately three, you're gone. It took him until he was like 31 or 32 years old to get to that Super Bowl, to win that Super Bowl with Terrell Davis, obviously. But his average season here, which is pretty crazy, Frank, 
His average season is 57% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. An average season for John Elway, who's on so many people's like Mount, we, we say all the time, Mount Rushmore for quarterbacks. He's on so many people's like one of the all time greats. I, I always thought he was an overrated quarterback. I just didn't, you know, he never did it for me. And, and, and you know, compared to his playoff stats here, I have compared his, he's a 54.5 completion percentage. 27 to 21 uh, touchdown to interception, 14 and eight in the playoffs. He's really good. He's a, you know, he's, it's the longevity factor with him. He played so long. He, he's the biggest tool also between when he got drafted and what he did coming out of Stanford. And then now as a, as a GM and, or not anymore, cause they kind of fired him without firing him, but he, they, they moved him to a, like a president role. He's a terrible GM and decision maker with the Broncos now. I Splash put that up there, let NFL in passing yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if you go through his statistics, there's there's years that are Splash really is a good. big L-way guy. His, his high, career high is 27 touchdowns. I mean, you're playing in the league now where guys have that by week eight or week nine. Uh, had 4,000 yards once. He's play, He played for, I believe, 12 or 16, 15 seasons. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks. And I'll stay on the overrated quarterback, uh, another guy who's a low completion percentage guy, and that's Phil Simms. I thought he was one of the most overrated quarterbacks too. Um, obviously didn't, you know, won two Super Bowls, but one as the starter. Um, so to me, Phil Simms was a guy who was just always like mediocre to, to good, not great. Elway had great years and, and you know, won, won Super Bowls because of him to me a guy like Phil Sims was really like also along for the ride. And obviously he got hurt and Hostetler won that Super Bowl for the Giants. But I always thought, uh, you know, in, in the same way with Sims is the same way with Joe Namath. It's like you're bigger because you won in New York and Namath did a lot more off of the field for the game of the, you know, the NFL game than Phil Sims did. You know, you know uh, Namath was the first brand, you know, the big brand player to, you know, to cash in off the field. First quarterback to throw for the fourth out four thousand yards in a season only did it once I believe but his career was ripped apart by injuries back in you know they were just like they would gun for his knees because he was such a, a hot shot off the field so you know guys would take cheap shots on Namath and that ultimately ended his his career but Sims to me is a guy who you see also in like a lot of top 15, 20 quarterbacks of all time and to me he has no business being in there I yeah. think it, it ultimately because he won in New York and when players win in New York you tend to get a little bit more overrated than than you are but those two guys especially Elway to me because Elway is in a lot of fo- top fives and t- he has no business being in there in my opinion when you compare him to a guy which there are comparisons people compare him to like a Joe Montana to me there's there's no comparison I mean do you remember those teams Elway was on you remember the weapons they had Rod the receivers, Smith, TD yeah Rod Smith McCaffrey McCaffrey was awesome the dad mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was amazing. Shannon Sharp was on that team. They had an offensive line that they mastered cup blocking. Terrell Davis, those two years, just freaking was, was insane. Schlereth, I, man, one of the best, yeah. most underrated offensive linemen of all time. What about that defense? Was was yeah. amazing. Um, but um, what I was going to say, Shanahan system is, too. Yeah, what I was going to say is, if you had non-Jet fans doing the segment, you're going to get one that's one person, maybe Bree would say this, but uh, they'd say that Joe Namath was overrated because when you look at lists, you always see that. But the reason why Joe Namath is not overrated is one one reason. He's too cool. He won with the Jets. That's it. If you (laughs) won with the Jets, you could have uh, 500 interceptions to to 50 touchdowns, but you won and you guaranteed it and you're cool like that. 
you're not overrated. You just can't be. Um, yeah, it's a different era, too. They played 14 games. So when you see Namath with a 4,000-yard season in 14 games, that's a very impressive season. So Oh, yeah. Um, people think of Namath like they look at his stats. That's all they do at the end of the day and see more interceptions to touchdowns. And they're How like, many oh, times? this guy one good year. He was – like in Alabama in college coming to the NFL, what he did to kind of branch off and really create what the NFL is today. The the story of Joe, the story of the NFL can't really be told without Joe Namath and what he's done for the game. So it's a very like modern day, like hot take ish Instagram fan thing to say that Joe Namath is overrated because they just look at his stats and they compare it to like Brett Favre and it's, there's no comparison. Yeah, quick stat. How many times has Joe Montana thrown for 4,000 yards in his career? Bray? None. Ding, 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 ding. I was going to say one. None. Never did. Joe Montana never threw for 4,000 yards with Jerry Rice. Which yeah, is interesting the game is so different, though. 14, the game is very years. different now. Yeah, you of know, course. Teams are just airing it out. Like Matt Ryan's thrown for 4,500 yards, and he's like as average as you can get. You know, it's just such a, a different game. So it's hard to compare you know, stats from 1982 to, to now. Um, yeah, Montana ba- basically had in 1990 with one of the best teams of all time. But it, it, it's hard to like, and I hate to do it, and it's and it kind of it, it pours into other sports too, and we're going to get into other sports obviously later in the show. But when teams try, when people try to compare like a 1980s era player to now, it's, it's such a hard – I try and stay out of those conversations, but like it's such a hard conversation to have because – the game is refereed so differently. The game is is preferred so differently now. Um, you know that you can't even hit anybody in, anymore in the NFL. And you know if guys like uh, Lawrence Taylor played in in twenty twenty one, we probably wouldn't even know who he is because of the way the game is officiated now. Well, that's my biggest beef with all of these like who's the goat conversations mm-hmm. between Michael Jordan and LeBron, between Brady and Montana. Like they're two completely different styles of the sport that from however many years in between when both have played. So while you can look at the stats, you also kind of have to think like in the NBA, they were beating the shit out of each other every single day, game in, game out. Yep. Now LeBron has maintenance days. I mean, he just doesn't feel like playing one day just to rest up a little bit. Yep. Nobody has a problem with it. He just rests. So like, and that's not a knock on LeBron. I mean, like I'm not a LeBron fan per se, but it's just, it's different. And the same goes for football. Same. I mean, pretty much every sport. I mean, you look at hockey, hockey's still kind of brutal right now, but they play with no helmets, no nothing. Yeah. The crap out of each other. So it's hockey. Hockey it, will change. I think eventually, I think all these fights you see, something's going to happen and they're going to, they're going to come down on the league. In my opinion, these fights you see now, I think in 10 years won't even happen anymore. In my opinion, I hope not. I now I, in in the NBA now. If you swipe at somebody, whether or not you even hit them or not, if you just go to swipe and you don't even make contact, but there's like the intent to make contact, they could call a flagrant two on that without even hitting somebody. That's the I mean, that's the type of world we live in today. And I mean, listen, we could talk about LeBron all we want. Amazing player, second best player all time. I'd say he had a lot to do with the changes that the NBA is uh, going through oh, yeah. now. Don't don't oh, think absolutely. he didn't. Um, he Absolutely. has a lot to say because he's got a big voice. And honestly, I must say, not having him in the playoffs has been fantastic. These playoffs have <laughs> been awesome. Thank we're you. About to hop I've, right I've enjoyed into the that. hell out of it. We're There's some good comments down that. there. Some good entries, Bree. You got yeah. you got a tough so, uh, tough job. I'm gonna here. have to. I'm gonna have to scroll. Th- I saw one that I really, really, really like. 
There are a lot um, of underrated linebackers and running backs. I agree. The quarterback is always like the polarizing, like overrated, underrated. Right. But when I was like, you know, I always had London Fletcher in my mind. I always had Fred Taylor. And I always said John Elway was overrated in different conversations I had with people. But as I was just kind of looking more and more just to kind of like solidify my my choice here, I saw so many. And Zach Thomas I saw on there is a great one. I always He was always someone who I hated playing against growing up. Like yeah, in our era, Frank, as Jet fans, it was like late 90s, early 2000s. So those Dolphin teams, like that's a great entry. I saw Aikman overrated, which I tend to agree with too, uh, slightly. I saw that I one think. too. I like um, that one. Yeah, there, there's some there's some tough ones out there. Some good uh, there's, entries. There's I like the Aikman one a lot, but there's one in there that unless I mean we'll so what I'll do is I will set a hard cap on this. So we are gonna hop into some NBA right now, and we're gonna go back to football after the NBA segment. So you have until we start our next NFL segment to get in your most underrated or overrated past player and an argument as to why and once we start our um tight end segment that's when i'm gonna pick the winner so you have until then we're gonna hop into the, some nba right now and but once that starts all entries are done everybody has to be in and then i will pick so can i say something right. about a big move that happened before we you know about an hour before we didn't mention it yes is david yes. de castro from the steelers that's a that's a big time release because you lose DeCastro, Pouncey, and Villanueva on that offensive line. It looks like wow. they're going to sign Trey Turner to replace DeCastro. He's 31 years old. I know Garofolo said there's some talk about the ankle injury being a lot worse than than we know, and he may retire. But DeCastro is one of the best guards in football. And I know he had a little bit of a down year last year. I know you hit that age 30, and then it's always like people start to freak out. But at, at that guard position, you can play until 35 and still be really good. So I hope DeCastro kind of hangs in there and finds another team to go to because that guy's a stud. That's All wild. Right. That came so, out of that field too. I know. Yeah. And just to clarify, you guys, you can't just like write a name <laughs> as to who's most overrated or underrated. Javi, I need an explanation. Guys, yeah, that's like true. that. Guys, I it's like in a dating I mean, app. You can't just say hey or something. You got to give, gotta give something, this. right? I need whether you think <laughs> they are underrated or overrated and why. It can't just be a name. The names yes. will not be included in this contest. So use your use your words for me, please, and give me a nice, solid three-paragraph essay um, as to why you think so. So, okay. Three paragraphs. Wow, that's demanding. No, you guys like really. my Super that's Daddy-O shirt, by the way? Oh, that's sick. Luca killed this Father's Luca Day. Luca did kill it. Shout out to all the dads. Happy Father, belated Father's Day. Yes. Happy, happy Father's, Father's Day, Day, Nick. Thank to you. All the fathers and our happy one, Father's Day, one and only. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Flash, is Breeze, your dad watching? Flash is a daddy. Uh, he is. My dad is watching. So happy shout Father's out to my Day. Dad. Happy Father's, Father's Day. Day. Splash is the you daddy. He's the daddy yeah, of the show. Yeah, exactly. He's the daddy of the you fan of the all 32. Yeah, it's true. Well, Wait, guys, I, I was only kidding about the uh, um, three-paragraph essay. If there's a character limit, just like try to fit it in. <laughs> I was only joking you know about what? the what? I would say whoever has put the most characters at this point, I mean, it's Bree's decision, but I would say if someone can really go ham hey, on a character limit on there, I think, well, Ka- I think a little bit Kai more. was at, at, at the name flash really quick. I think he had the Aikman one. It was very in-depth yeah. right here. Oh, Kayvon, or the Kai, however you pronounce it. I don't want to botch it. Sorry. Um, he already entered with the Aikman one, so that was a good one. Yep. I saw that one. I have the ones I've seen. I've had 
ingrained. So, but all right, let's hop into some NBA. Um, Trey Young has been on an absolute tear in these playoffs, which is refreshing to see going back to what Frankie said about having some playoffs without LeBron. Like it's, it's not, I don't necessarily think it's bad for the league. I think it's nice to see these, these fresh new faces, some teams that you really wouldn't expect. What the Suns are doing right now is so much fun to watch, despite the fact that it's West Coast games and I can't stay up for an entire West Coast game at 24 years old. I'll fall asleep at halftime. <laughs> but beside the point, it's just it's nice to see some new teams. Um, it's nice to see the Nets kind of get stomped out, <laughs> um, just for my own personal reasons. But Trey Young is going insane right now. Um, and he continued that last night with really just incredible numbers against the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final. 48 points on 50% shooting. I think it was 11 assists. And it, it just doesn't seem like he's slowing yeah, down. So, which mm-hmm. begs the question, we're going to go back in time just a little bit. That's like kind of our running theme for the show is throwback. So we're going to go back in time a little bit to the 2018 draft where the Atlanta Hawks took Luka Doncic and flipped him to Dallas for Trey Young. At the time, people were questioning the move. Now, does it look as ridiculous now as it did then? Do you think they made the right move? What do you guys think about this? So, Nick, we'll have you go first because Frankie went first last time. Yeah, there's to be no Lucas slander on the show. No, we with, love Lucas whether here. it's with a C or a K. I, I think he's, <laughs> I think he's the best player in basketball. He's the number one player I would take. I, I know Durant is like the best scorer, and you know, obviously LeBron still plays, and I love Booker too. But to me, I think what Luca does, he's just so much more well-rounded than Trey Young. To me, Trey Young's like, and I know the game is different. You can't touch anybody. You can't play any to anybody tough. He shoots the ball. He doesn't really. I know he, he draws draws fouls really well to his credit, which is weak in my opinion, but that is the way the game is today. But Luca to me is just more solid. He does more triple double machine. I mean, I know there was, I, I saw a stat where Luca was like one of the, one of three players to have like 40 points, 15 assists and 15 rebounds uh, in, in the playoffs or whatever it may be. I think it's just a little bit of like living too much in the moment. Trey is killing it right now. Um, to me, his frame worries me. But again, you, know, you see a guy like Steph Curry who's just insane. But he did kind of get hurt, and he missed basically two full seasons. Um, I think Luca is just so much more well-rounded. He plays better. Um, he plays bigger than Trey Young d- does. And to me, I think Luca, you got to get rid of this clown, Porzingis. He's just a, an absolute fool. He's a loser, and he has to. They have to get rid of him. I wish he wasn't in the league. I, I think he's one of the biggest, I hate to use the term cancers in, in the sport. Um, I think if the Mavericks and I'm not a big fan of Mark Cuban, to be honest with you. So, um, but I think you have to get some better players around Luca, let him pick, basically pick the players like LeBron does and, you know, surround him with a better cast. I think Porzingis brings Luca down. I think he's just a dark cloud around his, whatever team he's on. And, you know, he falls. Nick, into you've like been the saying that category. for a long time. I said that since KP was like, the king of New York. I said, yep. this guy's a Nick, loser. Nick said that. And yep. I remember that. So I, I hate, I couldn't root for Luca and the Mavericks because I don't like Porzingis that much. So he, him and LeBron are my two least favorite players in basketball. So I, whatever, wherever they are, I don't want to see that team win. So I had such a struggle with like my favorite player in, in Luca with a K and KP that mm-hmm. like, 
I couldn't really root for them to win, so I was happy to see them lose. So, you know, if they add some better players around Luca with a K in, in the offseason, I'll, you know, I'll probably consider myself because I don't really have a basketball team, but I, I would follow Dallas. I think, you know, moving Dirk into like a role, which is pretty cool. I think him and him and Luca can have, uh, you know, kind of like that, both like European, you know, coming into the, to the league really as like, don't really speak the language, bursted onto the scene, took Dirk a lot longer than you hope it's going to take Luca to win a championship. Um, so I think that's going to help Luca in the long run. So I thought that was a, a smart move by them, but no, I'm, I'm taking Luca hundred percent, but I think Trey Young is great, man. He's more of the modern day basketball player. And for everybody who doesn't understand why Nick is calling him Luca with a K, his son is Luca with a C. So he yes. just wants to make sure that it's nice and clear. He's not talking about little Luca here. So okay. right. just, had to, just had to get that out there. All right, Frankie, go ahead. Yeah. So um, this is a tough conversation to have because you have um, a guy in Luca who has the mold of someone that you'd basically would want to give the keys to in, uh, to lead your franchise for a variety of reasons, size, um, spark, um, the way he plays. He can do more. He can play more positions on the court. But there's one thing that Trey Young does better than Luka Doncic. Da- Doncic, whatever. I've always <coughs> last name, how to pronounce it right. But there's one thing Trey does better than Luka, and that is breaking down the first initial defender which then allows Trey to dish the ball out to his shooters. That's why Trey Young, since he got into the league, averages more assists than Luka does per game. Um, He averaged more assists this year. Uh, And Trey is so deceptively quick. He's cat quick. You know, he's like a cat, they call him. Um, And his ability to break down defenses and with that floater. And, yeah, that the way he gets – gets fouls and, and some of these calls people don't like that's part of the game James Harden made a career doing that I have no, I have I have zero problem with it if you can it's the ref's fault it's not the player's fault tell the freaking refs don't call a foul the player's gonna keep doing it Manu Ginobili did it his whole career <laughs> don't give me that's that's don't blame Trey for that blame the refs the refs stop calling it they'll stop doing it it's not it's not the player's fault players take what they get He's a phenomenal free throw shooter. His last 10 games, he's shooting 97% from, from free, the free throw line. Luca's not a 90% free throw shooter. He's more in the 75% range. So he's a better free throw shooter. He breaks the initial defender down better. He gets it out to his shooters more effectively because he breaks down his initial defender. Would I take Luca over Trey? Yes. Is it a bad pick? I would have said 100% it was a week or two ago. It's not a bad pick. It's not. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. It, it may, it, it, he fits. It's a win-win for both teams. I, I don't think either team would cancel the trade if they could, you know? Yeah. Well, and, that's and what I, one of those things. The coach of the – yeah, And I'll stop. The coach of the uh, Hawks, though, the way he's coached up Trey Young, Nate McMillan is amazing. That guy deserves as much love as anybody, um, as any coach has ever gotten um, it, uh, in terms of a playoff run and, and, and how much, uh, you know, effect – the coach has had on the team. I mean, you look at Nate McMillan's numbers uh, when he got, you know, the Hawks before and after Nate got there, they're, they're a completely different team. And when they beat our ass, the Knicks, the Hawks, they missed so many shots. That's how I had a feeling. Honestly, the Hawks could have went on a run. And my friend Ari, who's on Knicks fan TV, we were out the other night and he was saying that watch the Hawks go, 
go on a run and go to the finals and people are like, you're crazy, dude. They're not even going to get out of this round. Um, but he was right because they had missed all these shots. And now Danilo's hitting shots, Huerta's hitting shots, so that they were missing against the Knicks. So the, the Hawks are dangerous. You think they win the series? Yes. No. No? But And you know what? Book this. Guarantee. The Bucks are going to win game two. A hundred. If the Bucks don't win game two, I will. I don't know. We can make a bet. Does someone want to comment? I will make a bet with anybody. I'll do something on the show. Whatever you guys want on the show. If the Bucks don't win game two, I will do whatever. Sing a song. Uh, shave my head live on air. Whatever you guys want. No. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not happening. The Bucks are going to win game two. A hundred percent. That's a. That's a. That's a. That's a book it bet. I'm telling you. The Bucks got embarrassed. Think, yeah. I think with the way that these playoffs are going, like it's going to be the most the random teams in the finals. I think it's going to be the Suns for sure. I've said yeah. that since their first series, but I just think the way the East is going right now with the craziness in game seven between the Bucks and the Nets where Kevin Durant's foot was just too goddamn big and – it ended up being a two-point shot, and the way Trey Young went into Madison Square Garden, and that was the first kind of full-capacity environment we've had in sports yeah. in a while, and he just shut everybody up. He's got he's got that big-time moment balls. Uh, like it's great for the game, and I just think I think they're too hot right now to not make a really, really, really deep run to the point where they make it to the finals. Now, do I think that they're going to win? The finals, if they make it, no. I still think it's the Suns all the way. I said that from Jump Street. I just don't know. I think this is one of those years where it's really weird. What was that year where it was like? The Pistons? No, it was like the, the when the Pacers won it. In, when was the last time the Pacers won it? But I remember it was like an odd year. When the Pacers when they yeah, went to the some weird conference finals. Yeah, like years like that. It's just this has the makings of something like that. Yeah. yeah, you so, mean when the Pacers played the Heat? I think it was in two in 2013 when the Pacers made that run with with no, it Roy seems Hibbert. like longer longer. Ago. Oh, you mean when Reggie splash, when uh, Reggie Miller Spurs, Grizzlies Pacers Heat? Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Maybe I maybe maybe that just seems a hell of a lot longer ago than it actually is. <laughs> it is one of the like the weirdest runs. If you would have told me the Hawks would have, you know, Hawks no. and Suns were here like lab, maybe before the Javi, year started. Maybe Javi has it. He has. He says two thousand. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. That's when the Pacers made the finals last. Right. That's what I'm. That's what I. Yeah. I think that's what I'm talking about. I you were like three, two years old, right? I was like four. <laughs> I remember. I don't know. I remember stuff. Anyway, all right. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics real quick because they made a coaching hire, and I know this wasn't on the script, but we're just gonna throw it in there because it's kind of a big deal. Um, so the Boston Celtics have made a coaching hire and it's kind of not somebody that anybody expected at all, especially up here. Everybody was kind of thinking, oh my God, are they going to do this thing with Kara Lawson? Is Kara Lawson going to be the first female coach in NBA history? And then there was Chauncey Billups that kept coming up and it's neither of those guys, which is kind of refreshing for me. I think I'm just excited for a brand new face, a brand new name, despite the fact that he's been um, an assistant for however many years. He used to play in the league. All of us, you know, he wasn't the best player, but he has league experience. So, Ime. Cool, they went younger. They went like a they year. They went yeah, younger. Brad Stevens are young, kind of up and coming guys. 
and well, they not went, Brad as an assistant. Um, and they went with somebody that got the okay from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which is all I wanted throughout this entire thing. And I'm excited. I don't know. I don't know enough about this guy. He's engaged or married to Neil Long. I know that much. So that's exciting. that's a win. She's gonna. I mean that, that's half awesome. the that's half the battle, right? In this in right. The league today is like if if the players like you, and they'll want they'll play for you, then like you're already like eighty percent home. So, I mean it's such a it's such a player sport now that if both the Jays signed off on it, you know you're you're pretty pretty good already. You know you're you're off on a good foot. So, um, I thought it was cool. I like I like that like vibe that the Celtics are trying to do Brad Stevens young young executive now not a coach and you know bringing in the new coach who's also a younger guy so I think it's a I think it's a smart hire I don't know anything about the guy to be honest with you um but he had the experience with the Nets who were this you know super team and the players obviously respected this guy you know Durant or you know even like Steve Nash if he respected this guy enough to have him on his staff obviously Durant um I would draw a blank with this guy's name every every week. The point guard, um, Harden and uh, Kyrie. Kyrie. If they respect this guy enough, then you know, then then you're then you're you know, you at least you have one thing in the check checked off. So now, if you can get them to play, is another thing. So I thought it was a thought it was a smart like under the radar move too. I didn't expect yeah. that. No, he his name didn't really pop up in conversation at all up until maybe the last like five days. Yeah, and then Rick Carlisle went back to the Pacers where he was, I felt, for forever, and they, they got on that pretty quick. So, interesting. Yeah. Ray, what yeah, did I, I tell just... you guys? And, 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 Nick, what did I tell you guys about Kemba Walker? That was the smartest yeah. thing the yeah. Celtics did, get rid of him as fast as possible because he was just not a good fit with that team. So They really was... wanted him out. <laughs> yeah. So, my thing with Kemba is being a UConn fan, I love him. Always going to. I love him, too. As a Celtics fan, I'm glad that they figured out a way to get him out of here. It sucks that they had to give up the 16th overall pick, but with that contract, you absolutely had to. Um, getting Al Horford back, I like – Al's a likable guy. He's he's loved here for the person. The player, It's it depends on who you're talking to. Um I just I'm excited because I think this team needs a vet. I was all for last year having them bring Rondo back because they just needed a veteran presence. Um, Al has already played with Jason and Jalen. He knows Marcus Smart. He knows the way they all play. Not not necessarily sure Marcus Smart is going to be here for much longer, but that's a whole nother story for a different day. <laughs> should we? Should we? Um, oh, sorry, Gabby. Finish. Up. No, I'm just I'm just I like the moves that Brad has made in his what, 13 days, 14 days as the GM. So I'm excited. We'll see. They'll let me down again, I'm sure, at some point. But so far, so far I Let's, like it. Uh, so. we, got a, we got a game seven in hockey. Everybody loves game sevens. Even I was interested in the Islanders last night. Let's bring in – we have Henry, who's a resident Islander fan with the U, obviously host of Utopia on U Stadium Network too, which we'll, we'll get into that soon. But – Henry, what's up, man? Give us a how on a one to a hundred. So how on, let confident me, are you? Let me just give ahead, a rundown. Henry. Let me just give a rundown of what's happening in the series, Henry, and then you can go. So for sure, those that on. aren't the biggest hockey fans or have not really paid attention to these series since your team got kicked out and hockey is kind of a hated word in your mind right now, like 
me. Um, game five, the Islanders got their asses spanked. Eight nothing. Goalie got chased in the first period. Was Everything insane. was Everything was just looking about as wrong as it could have possibly gone. You come out of that game and you're thinking, wow, Tampa, I mean, Tampa's going to finish them off in game six. Not so fast. The Islanders pulled it out in overtime in game six and forced a game seven back in Tampa tomorrow night. And I think the momentum is on New York's side right now. So, Henry, take it away. What do you think? Well, they don't call them the pesky Isles for nothing. Um, <laughs> no, they I- sure as hell don't. <laughs> <laughs> that I was a really, of an intro, dude. I, 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 I just love that. I told yeah, you, we're, we're gonna, good at this. We're gonna ta- this. we're gonna take that segment and just pop it yeah. in every once in a while. <laughs> the island of blue <laughs> headphones. I like it. Yeah, got to represent. Um, so yeah, I how think confident are you? I would say just because it's defending champs, I'd say I'm about at 45. Um, if it, if we ha- if the Islanders played at home, if Game Seven was at the barn. The Owls do not lose. Do not lose in the barn. There's still yeah. there's still some sort of magic we there. We know. Final season. So, <laughs> and I'm sorry for bouncing your Bruins. Uh, okay. But okay. it was worth Don't it. Uh, I I do think that the Isles have a tough battle. Uh, full uh, full crowd against the defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, but I think that they've got momentum on their side. They've got Matt Barzell on a tear. They um. They've knocked out Nikita Kucherov and got away uh, Nikita Kucherov and gotten away with it. Uh, yeah. Is he playing? No, they haven't uh, given he's... an update on him yet. Oh boy. Are the Rays oh. the better are the Rays the better team? The lightning. The lightning, the lightning I mean the lightning. The Rays yeah. are baseball. Yes. Yes. The lightning yes. are the lightning. <laughs> <laughs> the lightning are you know the by the way, I have nightmares about the Tampa Bay Rays as a Yankee yeah, fan. As do I. I, 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 I think I think about them like like five times a day. The lightning are arguably the most talented team in the league. And they're defending yes. cup champions, depending on how, how much stock you want to put into last year's Stanley Cup because it was the bubble and everything like that. But they are. All right, let me just get this straight from a very, 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 very casual fan perspective on hockey. Is it kind of like, in a sense, it, like in the NBA, the best team usually wins in the series. Football, there's a little bit of luck, but usually the better team will, will at least get into the you know the conference um, championship. But in hockey, can you d- make like a little bit of a lucky run? I Absolutely. mean, can, yeah, 100%. like so you could have like you could be like a seven seed or something and you just crush it and just tear it up and, 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 and win a chip. But like the lightning are the best team, but they seem to be doing great every year. So like, how does that dynamic work in hockey? So it's tough. The lightning are, are just because they're very big, very physical, very fast. Um, They have some of the best, if not the best shooters in the league. So it just, and one of the best goalies in the league. So like they're just, their lineup of talent is just so ridiculous that, it would take a lot of luck to beat them if you can't, you know, outmuscle them, get lucky on second bounces, rebounds, things like that. But the the way the Stanley Cup playoffs work is nobody is really the favorite, I guess, is the best way to put it. So, for example, this is the 10-year anniversary of the Bruins' last Stanley Cup. We shouldn't be talking about the last Stanley Cup for the Bruins because they should have won it two years ago, but that's okay. But they played – the Canucks in the Stanley Cup final. And the Canucks were wildly better than the Bruins team. And I'm a Bruins homer. I'm as big of a Bruins homer as it gets. I can admit the Canucks were insanely better 
um, than the Bruins. And the Bruins pulled out in seven games and sent Vancouver into riots and everything. Oh, I so that. it it's possible. It's any given Sunday in hockey. I know that's like a football term, but any given Sunday, it's crazy. You guys are turning me into hockey fans. I mean, one of my best friends, you, Chris, is a hockey fan. I'm starting to get a little bit into it. I kind of like it. It's different. I watched the no. end of last night. I saw the Islanders like come out of overtime and like, I was like, wait a second. Why is like, why is Tampa not trying to get the puck to the other side of the ice? The Islanders were just like pressing hardcore. I was expecting like a counter in soccer where, you know, you press and you press and you press and you try and score. And then they kind of, you know, turn it on, you counter, and they score. But the Islanders, that who was the guy who scored the goal? It was like that was a nasty uh, Anthony steal. Beauvillier. Yeah, Beauvillier, he, that that steal and shot was in between two defenders. It was awesome. It was a crazy finish, pretty fast. Wait, too. Nick, you you can see the puck now, Nick? I thought you. No, I can't. I couldn't. I can't. <laughs> honestly, they need to bring that back on Fox when they had the trailer when it followed. Can you it, really but, not oh, see it? God. I can't see shit when I watch hockey. No. <laughs> <laughs> to me, hockey, and I know I'm gonna piss people off because like hockey fans will like die for their sport. To me, every goal seems like a mistake. Like, but most of them are. <laughs> yeah, it seems like oh, it ricocheted <laughs> off somebody or. You know, someone just like fitted in between a little slot and they yeah. didn't need to shoot it there. To me, it's like they weren't even trying to do what necessarily got them a goal. So <laughs> if, it's, if and you that saw, and adding in the puck thing is, is hard for me. But like the, saw, the like fans go nuts. If you saw ninety five percent of the goals that the Bruins gave up in their playoff run, uh, you would stick to your guns when it comes to every goal is <laughs> a mistake because every single goal except for maybe two or three in all the games that they played were off a deflection, off the yeah. player, ridiculous. So, all right, Henry, before we let you go, we have a potential closeout game tonight between Vegas and Montreal. Um, Montreal, if they win tonight, they are in. Who would you rather play in the Stanley Cup final provided the Islanders finish them off? See, that's a great question because I think Vegas is an incredibly strong team, but the Canadians have been on a, on a really hot streak recently. Um, they're like 10-4 and four or something since they've lost – to uh they went down three one and I don't like that at all. Yeah. So I don't really want to see that. Um you don't want to play a Canadian they're... team. That's their no, sport. That too. Hey, I don't Vegas. want to hear two anthems at once. Yeah. No. <laughs> one, please. Thank you. Too long. <laughs> yeah. They do it twice. Jitters last too yeah, long. They do the American one and the Canadian one. Yeah. No, but it's a lot Canadian of kneeling, teams man. are playing in the finals. Are they, are oh, they no, play the Canadian no. Games? Two oh, Canadian okay. teams. It's just the Canadian. No, yeah, they just play oh. the Canadian. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't awesome. know that. Good question. <laughs> That's a Jeopardy thing. Nick, the <laughs> Italian <laughs> national anthem on Saturday, baby. That's by far the best Oh, yes. Let's go. Henry, Dude. last question. But I know Bree said last question, but why were the announcers, like, freaking out? Like, the fans were shooting people last night from throwing, like, you know, when you get a hat trick, you throw all that shit on the ice. They were throwing bottles and stuff, but they weren't throwing them at the players. It could be the last game in, at the bar, and you said, like, it was just a like a giant relief, and you would think, listen to this, the announcers, they were like, oh, my God, well, what's going on? <laughs> they act like they were bombing the arena. They were just throwing it away from the players. They weren't even hitting the players. I, I was watching. I was like, what's this guy like going crazy for? Relax. Well, my take, I don't know why they personally or what through their heads. Um, my take is the average age of those announcers, I think, was something about 50-something. Oh, that's <laughs> And they don't know how to have fun. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So that's my guess. I think that they're all unwritten rules, thick to treat the opponents with respect, all that stuff. They're not ones for tradition. Yeah, they weren't throwing them at the players. You know, yeah, they were throwing no, them on no, the other far side the of the ice. 
Mm-hmm. I get it. You could hit the player, whatever. But like, God, the guy was like overreacting big time. If it was up to Bree and Nick, they would go into the fans, the hockey players, and use their uh, <laughs> use their skates to stab people in the neck. You know, I get. I would let Mike Milbury go up and beat a fan with a shoe ten times again if he wanted to, just to just to keep the animals calm. Like I get it, but oh my God, you guys are morons! All right. Henry, Henry highlight winning or no? Give me a prediction for tomorrow night. All right, I have a biased pick and I have an actual pick. No, uh, no, 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 nope. no. We no, want, we, want, no, we want the biased pick. We all want What's the. Gonna this happen? is a very biased show. Just give us the biased pick. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Owls win. to take it three-one. Varlamov's nice. hot. Point gets shut down. Let's see. No, Nikita Kucherov so. completely hampers the entire offense of the Lightning. The second line is non is obsolete. I think a Barzell goal, maybe JJ Paggio. I think he's been scoreless this That's entire season. I think, yep. I think he's due. <laughs> I think the Islanders carry this momentum that they've got from this comfort behind overtime thriller, instant classic win. I think they take this game and Amelie go 3 1, send themselves to the Stanley Cup finals and give some more cool. juice to the barn. Very good. Henry, appreciate it, bro. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Henry. Thank you. See you, buddy. Thanks, brother. Good. All right. Are we ready to do this tight end segment finally? Or should I? I did want to do, I did, we did discuss, we have to end the show with something politically based. So we have two political <laughs> topics. To. Yeah. One, Bree's did favorite. Fauci know? Or two, we can do. Elaborate, please. <laughs> did Fauci know what? <laughs> Bree hates when we speak politics. I she hate hates it. it. I hate yeah. anything that has to do with politics. It's the worst. Yeah. Ouchie, no, I'm actually that. kind of obsessed with it. I don't know why. Oh, God, I argue I both it. sides, and I just piss people off. It's kind of kind of enjoyable. And then you start oh. arguing yourself. Yeah. All right. Let me, pick a, let me pick a winner. Let me pick a winner. All right. Oh, yeah. So there were there were a lot of good ones. I liked the Troy Aikman one a lot. I liked the Zach Thomas one a lot, and I liked the Matt Forte one a lot. But. The one I like the most. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not picking favorites here. I promise. Drum roll. Holden dropped a Stephen Jackson, and I love that. I love Stephen Jackson. That's a homer pick. It's, yes. So that's I what like happens it. when you put Bree in charge of picking winners. Oh, he There's played for the Patriots some for Boston a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played for the Patriots for a cup of coffee. He didn't do anything. <laughs> I had always liked Stephen Jackson, and he I was very happy. Was very happy when the Patriots signed him. It was on his his last fumes. He was running out of gas, running on fumes, and that was it. That's all he had. But Holden puts a good stat in here that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. When we he doesn't get talked about enough. Splash. He goes his answer up. I want to make sure that it's. It, it he goes 10 straight rushing seasons for a thousand yards. Curtis did like 14, but this yeah, is all the way, like all the way up here. Honestly, not to be a hater. There's a better argument. I think that's even, I agree. Overrated. I but might hey, have to overrule yeah. Bree, but she's in charge. But Hey, overrule. Why? No, Bree was in Nick. That's what happens I when know, you put Bree in charge. You know, we can't I speak know. about politics. I want to speak with yeah. Nick right now about Anthony Fauci and we can't talk about him. You're no. Putting the we whip have to down. Do you after dark. The show's I gonna think. end. <laughs> the you after dark conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> and if I we're really... doing the tight end segment, and Stephen Jackson did the uh, body issue, remember? 
he's stacked too, Steven Jackson. So I think he that's a good one. Sorry. Don't put me in charge <laughs> if you don't like what I pick. All right. Um, but I will say though, for Kai, the Troy Aikman one was very, very close second. Um, I I agree a hundred percent that he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the history of football. Um, so if there's a way we can like toss Kai like some like points on the app or something like Definitely. that. We'll so take we care of Kai. That. We can do that. Um, Splash, get Kai's username or something about from Kai. So let's – all right. So we're going to finish up with tight end rankings. We did this on the app. We have our top 10 with the fan vote in there at number 10. We're going to just go over this really, 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 really quick. Um, all right. Already not seeing something I like on here. <laughs> I see Everyone. a few I don't like. But Where that's the okay. hell – where the hell is Rob Gronkowski? Not top 10 anymore. And he, he he's better than TJ Hawkinson. No, he's, he's, better, he's better, better than Dallas Goddard. He's, he's better, better than from, Noah Fant. seven down. No, he's not. Hunter Henry at nine is ridiculous. No, it's not. Where should he be? Sorry, I'm not I, trying to be. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I just disagree. He, he, he's, I put him at Gronk is, Gronk is done. No, he's, he's, just, he's, he's just doing the – He's the best there's blocking like, tight end in football. He doesn't need to catch the ball anymore. I don't know. I still take Gronk over half the list, but I, I know why he's not Having Gronk on your team, I understand. Like if you – you know, in terms of locker room and, and energy and uh, run – you know, run blocking, which is not something you're really statistically looking at. But in terms of value, there's some guys that aren't even on this list, like Logan Thomas – who plays with a crappy t- uh, quarterback situation. And I think Logan Thomas is really good. Um, John U. Smith is really good. Um, Tyler Higby. How much better is Gronk right now than Tyler Higby? Let's just be a honest. A lot better than Tyler Higby. What the hell does Gronk- Tyler Higby do? Bree, not Gronk in, in New England, though. I know. I know. I'm seeing like Gronk going into next year. Gronk in Tampa is still one of the elite blocking tight ends in the league. And if you disagree, you did not watch that entire playoff run. That's fair. No, he's a very I, I don't blocker. like Noah Fan up there. I don't know. Nope. I, I think he's got a lot more to prove. I think Dallas Kyle Goddard Pitts as a rookie awful. is tough. Goddard to me, yeah. I don't know. It's I, I get it. The position is hard. Like there really is only four or five guys who you're comfortable with putting there. Um, and a lot of people probably have an issue with one and two, but you know who's who's better, Kelsey or Kittle? I, I lean Kelsey too, just because a longevity, b Kittle was hurt most of we did the fan, last year. This is the I fan like vote. a lot. This is the fan vote we did. Gronkowski came in third. So you have Mike. Okay, so can we can also, we get that up on the screen? Splash, you got me on there. The, this is the U Stadium app fan vote. <laughs> we had we had they Mike Asecki who won. They voted Robert Tanyan over Robert. You guys, I'm I'm done. I'm done with everybody on the app. I have a bone to pick with every single one of you. That is well, Bree. We'll see. You gotta we'll get see. on there and make a video, Bree. Oh my god! Pitch the U fam on the app. That's that's what they're saying. Yeah. They're ready for you on there. All thirty-two. I'm, I'm gonna make a post for the first time in on the app. Time. I think. Yeah. Get You better make, make it a good one. Yeah. I I. Rob is still a he's still a top tight end in this league. Sorry. And there are a few guys like I like Tanyan. If we're gonna put a rookie on there based off of no year, Tanyan on one year was was really good. I think Austin Hooper belongs above Noah Fan. So there's there's guys like 
it's an interesting. Hold on, you you just said I'm not. I don't want to argue too much, but you what you just said was ridiculous. What is what Austin Hooper? Austin Hooper proved last. I had him in fantasy, Nick. He was terrible. He was yeah, he's not a fantasy. Well, he had a fantasy year two years ago. uh, These all right. This is the thing. It's tough with tight ends because so much of what they do, I think, is predicated on their system and how they're used. But like, if you want to go with in terms of talent, I feel like I'm talking like splash right now. But Logan Thomas or uh, Mike Gusecki or Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson, these guys are light years in terms of their talent and their ability to get yak. Um, And Jared Cook, uh, Evan Ingram, you're comparing those with Austin Hooper and Gronk. I mean, these guys can't even move anymore, it seems like. Maybe it's just me, but, like, there's some tight ends. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't know about that. Robert Tanyan. Yeah, I'm still giving. I'm still Robert Tanyan had 11 respect. touchdowns. He's he could disappear in two years. Robert Tanyan is not better than Noah Fant, for example. Watch what Noah, is Fant Noah Fant play. on though. I have all he does is he gets hurt and misses every other play. He's soft. I know, but the thing is, it, it's it's weird but right don't now. Don't ask no, him to block. He had 62 catches last year, Nick. He had over, I think, 650 yards. It's right here, 673. That's pretty good. And he missed some games. Noah Fan could be someone that you get into like uh, a category where he can get 800, maybe 900 yards receiving. Tanyan, there's no shot Robert Tanyan will ever have 800 yards receiving in a season. Zero, like literally virtually not going to happen. He could have 15 touchdowns because he plays with Rodgers. But Fant... And Evan Ingram's and Logan Thomas is those guys are are, are at like a different level, in my opinion, Hawkinson. But uh, again, the position's weird. I know, Nick, you like more of your traditional and obviously Brito's too, your traditional run blocking, you know. Where was Andrews? Position guy. I mean, Jason Witten could could barely move and was one of the best tight ends we've seen. So Andrews is awesome. I agree with the top four on the list. Mm -hmm. Not having Gronkowski on there is criminal. Mike Gusecki should be higher than 10. I like Gusecki a lot. Um, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant probably wouldn't be on there for me. Love Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson's like, he's a great blocker. Think, he's explosive I don't think player. he should be there yet. Goddard, too. Goddard, for yeah, sure. I agree Hawkinson five's a little bit high because he hasn't I like his, all I, I like him. I like him five. I think he's going to be great this year. I don't love Goff, but Goff likes his tight ends. I, don't know. And I, think Higby's a, I think Higby's solid. I think Higby's a, a solid receiver too. I think there's there's some pass catchers that – it's a tough list, like I said, because after five it is arguable. Like There's really not that many really good tight ends. I mean, Pitts could be number two next year. We don't – you know, we don't know. Or he could not even be on the list, but um, – Yeah, I I think it's – I mean, the more I look at it, it's not, not that bad. Like, it's, it's hard for, to really you – know, a, a rookie tight too, end, the, putting him the, on the, there is just a little – Iffy. The Patriots had a good tight end last year, you know. They have good tight ends now. They have good tight ends now. T- the Patriots lined up a tackle oh at God. tight end and like tried to play football. Like it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like a team well, they, that they like reinvented tight the tight year, end right? with Gronk. Years like, ago? They drafted two tight ends in Devin twenty twenty. Asiasi and Dalton Keene. Dalton Keene couldn't stay healthy. Asiasi couldn't run his routes right. So, and then they had Matt LaCoste. And they traded Izzo, right? 
And they traded, thank God, they traded Ryan Izzo to the yeah. Texans this offseason. Ryan Izzo, that's what I was thinking of. Wasn't he Ryan. like a tackle or something? God. I think you're thinking, no. of, you're thinking of Larry. No, so, so two years ago, two years ago, they had a Landon Roberts play fullback because <laughs> both their fullbacks got hurt. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. a Landon Roberts caught a touchdown. So pretty cool. Well, you have All right. every every Patriot cast off is either now on the Texans or Dolphins. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's, that's Jason or Kidd Tennessee. emerging as a Mavericks. Head coaching favorite is what the uh, what Woj said. That's not her Henry in the chat. I like it, kid and Luca, two of my two favorite players ever. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you know, Steve Steve Nash they say has done a pretty good job overall in terms of just figuring out that yeah, team leading the most disappointing super team of all time. Nick, they had injuries, man. It's like it oh, was. Give tough, me a break, I'm... Kevin Durant. I mean, how many times has LeBron James led a garbage roster? He's playing with yeah, Harden but... played every minute of the game. You have even Blake Griffin on. You a can't half compare. The, the Durant was coming back guy, from injury. The white guy who couldn't shoot for shit in the Super Durant needs a, Durant was came back from injury, man. It's it was not an epic. We epic didn't know it meltdown ex- for the next. Nobody expected this from Kevin Durant coming into the season. Nobody. I'm talking nobody. I don't care. I mean, to get to this level where Kevin Durant's being propelled as like the clear-cut best player in basketball, nobody thought that was going to happen this season. They thought, who knew it, Durant? Maybe he would lose a step. Maybe he didn't have the same bounce. Well, he hardly um, played in the regular season. He was he was fresh. You know, it wasn't like. That playing on tired legs. I know he was injured, but you know you don't know what the injury. Achilles. No one really came no, back. I, from I know Achilles that. And, and I'm, Dom not, Wilkins I'm not ripping and a couple Durant. Other guys. Unbelievable. But it was like you played with, you know, there was what one or two games where you only had Durant. Harding came back. And I know he was a shell of himself, but he was still out there. And you had Blake Griffin. You had the 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 white dude who shoots drawing a blank on. It was terrible. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, Joe Harris. He was awful. So like you had these guys. Like Durant went with nobody. And they lost to the Bucks. Like, give me a break. The Bucks are like the ultimate like, like blue balls team. Nobody cares about the Bucks. You can't go out and lose a game seven at home to the Bucks. You just can't do it. And you have two, three, two of three of the big four. Uh, two was of the a, big Nick. Three. It was it's a good bullshit. game, Nick. It was a good game. Yeah, but they game. lost, man. It was an. It epic was a good game. It happens. It Kevin Durant's not LeBron James. That's this is the I thing. Know. And we'll wrap up the show. Everyone needs to stop comparing anyone to Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and stop comparing them both. Don't compare LeBron to Jordan. Don't compare anyone to Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Don't compare anyone. These are the most special basketball players to ever hit a that, basketball that's court. Fine, but they didn't he, make he, the you can't say, oh, Durant's not LeBron. Who the hell LeBron. is LeBron? No, I, I agree. They played, and, and to compare, Giannis they, is a bad player. But he's he's not Giannis a great winner, no. Yeah, he's yeah, but he has he does flaws. everything. He's seven he foot and he has flaws, a seven man. six wingspan and he moves. I'm like sorry, a, you like lost the Bucks. You were an epic failure of a That's super team. Bullshit. And it was an awful season for the Nets. I'm sorry, it was. It just, it, in my opinion, like to oh, lose yeah. to a team who has no business. You you don't lose to the Bucks in the not even in the conference finals. Like you got the it's like the super team of all super teams, and you couldn't even make the conference finals. Nick, they like, you weren't didn't even playing get there the to get swept team. or anything. Kyrie Irving matter. was like Harden was there they at played. like a, a convention, probably. Kyrie Harden plays didn't what he want wants, then don't get Kyrie because he's an asshole. <laughs> exactly. That's, That's why, why. But it was a loser playing. team, and they're never going to win. That's a loser team. The Nets suck. Forget about that. That was a 50 50 game. You flip a coin, the Bucks were the winners. That's it. It's over. They lost at home. You don't need to think too much into it. You need to be, oh, he's not LeBron James. Oh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's amazing. LeBron's second best player all time. It's not on Durant. It's not at all. He's the last one to blame. 
He's the only reason why they even made it to a game seven. Otherwise, they would have been like Harden, ultimate loser. Kyrie, ultimate weirdo. That's just what they do. <laughs> you put them together, and that's what's going to happen. Wow. Like Durant needed. I know he was the star of the Warriors in the finals in those games, but they're not getting there without Steph and, and the other dude. I forgot his name, uh, the Fine. shooter, because he hasn't played in 10 years. Like they're not get, Durant's not getting to the finals without those guys. So there's something missing in Kevin Durant. I hate to say it. I've said it forever, but he's too much of a, of a, of like a, an oddball and like a, a soft, nice guy. He tries to play like he's a, a tough guy, but he's not that guy, man. Like that's an ultimate letdown. I don't care. Like give me all the excuses you want. Make the conference finals. You didn't even get there. Forget the finals. Like that's an epic letdown. And Steve Nash sucks too. He has no business. So. That's it. I, I I don't give a shit about the Nets. I, I could care less. Don't talk but about like, as Steve an outsider, Nash like that, please. Forget Steve Nash. Don't Steve you ever Nash. Sit, don't you ever refer to Steve Nash? He'll never be Jason Kidd. Oh my god. Oh my god. All right. This is where this is where we end off. I would just like to say, um, Kyrie, Brie, I pulled has, up. I pulled up because I was going to come in with Kyrie, some real heat. I'll wait. I'll wait till next week. Kyrie, wait till next year when the Nets don't win again, and we'll figure out who are they going to go get this year. Uh, uh, the guy from the Clippers was his name. <laughs> I forget the <laughs> fucking guy's name. Kawhi? Yeah, Kawhi, another weirdo. We're going to go get him. George Paul? Like the ultimate, yeah. Nick, forget what do you think of, Paul? What do you think of George better. Paul? George Paul. Loser forget. too. Forget about him. Devin Booker is awesome. Luke is awesome. awesome. Trey Young is awesome. Win it all. Oh, yeah. Everyone's How awesome that's been playing well the last 10 games. Yep. Very, uh, <laughs> well, very they're nice in the conference you. finals. Yeah. They're not on Super Trey Young's awesome after he had 48 points and 11 assists. I said I'm Trey Young was yeah. awesome when he spanked yeah, the Knicks, I'm sure you which was did. awesome to see, too. All right. We're done. Kyrie Irving That was fun. I haven't, gotten, I haven't gotten excited <laughs> about basketball in a while. <laughs> I just I hated hearing about the Nets if anybody cares about them here in New York. Nobody, nobody, nobody could give cares. a shit, and they should be in New Jersey, and they should have the old jerseys and the old branding because that was the worst move of any team I agree to another that. city and another branding. The worst uniforms, the worst state – well, MetLife's worse, but terrible arena, terrible <laughs> uniforms. The colors are awful. This whole subway scheme they have, the Nets should be kicked out of the league. But Nick, what do, how do you describe right. MetLife Stadium? The humongous air like conditioner. A, yeah, it's, it's the worst. <laughs> it worst. It really <laughs> does. All right. We got to get out of here. Frankie <laughs> and I are both late for prior Sorry, engagements. Um, we got a potential series clinching game tonight in the NHL if you guys want something fun to watch. Um, and with that being said, we are out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Um, and that's that. See Bye. Guys. Time out. That's it for this episode of Time Out with U Stadium. We'd love to connect with you and keep the conversation going. Find us on the U Stadium app, the best way to talk sports on mobile or online. Check us out at ustadium.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a show. 